If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode, oh boy, 148. Big milestone. Big milestone. I don't know. I just wanted to say that. Suns fan here with Cinder, and this episode is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. Oh, act normal. Act normal. Can you read the blurb today, Cinderin? Do us the honor. Oh, should I do that? I'm holding the product. Okay. One of the many. Attention listeners. Are you ready to be blown away? Square bracket. All in red. Sirens alert. Square bracket. That was in all caps. I thought you were gonna play a siren or something, and that's why I was reading it. No, nope. you didn't have a you didn't have your horn rating. No. You have a vuvuzela. There you go. Very good. You asked for it, and they listened. Our friends at Manscaped just relaunched the ultra smooth package. It's back, baby. Your new favorite tool and complement to the lawnmower 4.0 to keep your boys smooth while looking and feeling their best. Who calls them your boys? The specialized groin shaving kit is here to help you buff, protect, and shave your most sensitive areas. It's time to crop that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code WESAYTHINGS. Very good. And of course, they've supplied us with many a product. The one that I'm holding is the body spray. Uh, They also have conditioner, chapstick, shampoo... Obviously, the shavers themselves for your testicetials, as I like to call them, or the boys, as uh, Cinder said the earlier. <laughs> you know what I call the boys? The skeletons that Wraith King summons. Yeah. That's the boys. Well, now they have multiple meanings, so that's that's so great. So keeping the boys smooth is uh, is very good. <laughs> well, they were, they were smoothed out in this last patch, which we'll talk about a little bit later. That's true. Uh, but true. again, thanks to Manscaped. Uh, again, for 20% off and free shipping, go to manscaped.com and use the We Say Things promo code. All right. Let's Which get... quite a lot of you guys have been using, so that's awesome. Yes, thank you guys. Um, for supporting, that's another way of supporting the podcast to keep Manscaped interested. That's right. Because they know you love to smell good and look good and um, write good prompts. There for the boys. All right. For the boys. Patrons are beautiful in Bruce tier. Thank you to I cover my ears during scary moments too. Oscar Seeker purchasing the in Bruce tier in hopes this podcast lasts forever. Do you have the wish to experience some things for the first time again? Wish I could forget I played Artifact and delete it. Vovalicious working harder than an ugly stripper that her rent is due tomorrow. <laughs> Roundy three. My name is not John Morant, else I'd fall into you and have my friends in stripes call a foul. No, but seriously, Dota can have way more active players than it currently does, and it's a shame that Valve doesn't do it justice. Disco Farm D, 
You know, I'm kind of sad that after Disco Farm D, it doesn't just say, uh, wait, Disco Farm. Vincent Darkseid? Vincent Darkseid and Akuna Matata, because it's just, I'm so used to it. <laughs> what sound does my lovemaking make when there's no one around to hear it? Stooge. Simple stooge, stoggy, no, no, I said I'm not D. <laughs> stoggy. Hakuna Matata lives know, in Chandler Gilbert, just saying. Commander Donut, Chakar, still an asshole. Milan, Miami, the Megapope, and tell us about Moonduck, T.I. in New Zealand. Here, I'll tell you the entire arc of Moonduck in one sentence. Okay, on to you, Cinderin. Okay, come on. There's nothing to say. That's the entire point. Oh. Oh, that, that wasn't one sentence. That, that was, was no joke. Sentence. You should say you say it in no sentence, Shannon. That's technically incorrect. And as we both know, that is the worst kind of... Let me give you a trivia, Cinderin. You're okay. an idiot. Let me finish the list. Continue. Listen up. Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko 01 Ham Scroats, Bacon, Shark TM, Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls. Dop, nothing to see here. Underscore man. Hey, Google, what time is it? Je suis ouvre mort. Can we get Seb on the podcast? Ben Broomhead's favorite change in the spring cleaning update is the add all loading screens to the shuffle fix button fix. Oh, wait. Pitch black wooden aftertaste. Do the ends justify the memes? Anonymous. And finally, our favorite fun facts guy, Peter. In 2017, almost 1.6 million people died from diarrheal diseases globally. Niebling. Okay, that was not one of my favorite facts, but, you know, he has <laughs> I, some good ones. I did ask last time about that so mm. he's just he's just following our trends here uh thanks again to all our patrons we appreciate it uh you guys can go to patreon.com slash we say things to support us and thank you okay uh we have a few little off topic things before we get into the dota but all the main topics will actually be dota yay in case you were wondering uh First and foremost, uh, you and I are going to the Stockholm Major soon. I feel like I Yay. literally just got back home, uh, but I will be traveling again, which is my favorite thing to do, as you know. Uh, are you flying out the same day? Wait, you're flying on Monday, right? Uh, I would have to look. It's in like five-ish days, something like yeah, that. Yeah, because you're flying. It's a really long time jump for you, right? Because you're flying Yes, must seven be nice. hours east. You're flying seven hours east, and then it's like a... On top of that, it's a, I don't know, 12-hour connection totally, maybe a little bit more. Yes, it must in be total. nice to have all the events total. in Europe. Boy, oh boy. Very Yeah, fun. it's not like the first, like, seven TIs were in the U.S. So yes, but I didn't work them. Except Cinderin, Cinderin. You see. Well, that's not my problem. I know. Uh, but anyway, because of that, I'm not sure what we're going to do with the podcast. I was thinking maybe we get a guest and we record it, and I just have Nikki play the episode next week. But we'll see. I have found that because of my horrific jet lag as I'm getting older, episodes are much harder for me to do, like, within a few days of travel. So we'll see. Otherwise, we will postpone it by a few days to get you accustomed. But That's the goal right. is to still run both episodes that will happen because we're there for about two weeks. So during our stay at the major, there will be two Thursdays, um, and hopefully we will be able to output one episode on one Thursday, and the other one will probably be somewhere between, um, let's be honest, probably between Friday and Sunday, right? So you get some time to adjust and arrive. But we'll see. Yes, we shall see. Maybe you just dodge it this time. Maybe you just don't get jet lagged well, at all. I will have to be up at normal hours, so it might not be that hard. Hmm. 
Oh, yeah. And by the way, of course, we don't know our exact timetable yet. So that's also a limiting factor for when we can record. Like, we can't record our usual hours if we're casting Dota. So that's right. Uh, I don't want to. I'm thinking about whether I want to say this. Okay. I can't confirm that this is actually happening, but there's been some interest in us potentially doing a live we say things at the major. So it could happen. It also mm-hmm. could not happen. I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't I haven't like confirmed anything, but I know that that's something that we want to do. So if you're going to the major, and again, I don't even know the setup, but I would think that there will be an audience watching us through the podcast, which would be hilarious. Uh, so if you're in the Stockholm area for coming to the major, then you can potentially partake or not if it doesn't happen. Don't quote me on any of this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you never know. It might just fall through. Okay, uh, let's get started with the real topics in there. The NBA playoffs continue to occur. The Suns, wait, where, where do we leave off on? What Hi, Shannon. Week? I'm just going to check on my dog really quickly. So for the rest of the stream... As poor Onion is eating something he shouldn't be eating, the Suns have made it to the second round of the playoffs, which I'm trying to remember if that was, you know, I should probably wait for for Cinder. Let me pause the podcast and you guys can listen to this again. And we're back. Cinderin's dog. What's the story here? It, I mean, it's not a particularly interesting story. He was barking, so I went downstairs to see what's happening. And apparently there's a guy walking around outside raking the ground. And that's very dangerous. And we have to warn everyone. Okay, good. Because I thought is, he might be watching a... live and really didn't want to hear the NBA segment. But it's going to happen anyway, Onion. I'm sorry. Oh, shit. I have to go again. <laughs> so the sun, where did we leave off? Were they in the first round still? Uh, you were up 3-2 and two against the Pelicans. Or okay, something. so we beat them 4-2. Uh, we're, we're in the second round, and as I said, I said this before because what I find when I'm watching basketball, I actually know, and this is not be me, me being egotistical. I mean, it is, but it's also true. Egotistical? Egotistical. Uh, testicuzzi, as some would say. Uh, I know more than these fucking announcers. Anyway, I knew we were going to have an easier time in the second round because we just match up well mm-hmm. against this team. We had won nine in a row against them previously. We are now up mm-hmm. 2-0. So that's 11 Good. in a row to the Dallas Mavericks. And we'll, I picked the Suns to win this series 4-1. We'll see if that ends up being true. So that's where we're at with the Suns. Of course, I will be traveling during the series. And if we make it to the conference finals, I'll be tra- in Stockholm during that time. So that's going to fuck me up probably. Yeah, that's going to ruin your sleep schedule. It's, it's really hard to be combating jet lag, but then being absolutely forced to watch live sports from across the globe. And there's just nothing you can do about it. I know you're being sarcastic, but I almost took it as non-sarcasm because it's literally not a choice. <laughs> if you're a fan for this long, you're this dedicated, you're not going to, nothing's going to stop you. I wish okay. I cared about something as much as you care about basketball, Shannon. Usually the intros are not, this isn't an intro. Usually the non-Dota topics, you know what? Let's leave these for the end. We can get into Dota okay. and we can sure. move these to the end. Let me just copy paste because we have nothing else other than Dota anyway. Okay. okay. We, 
got a couple Suns fan recommends. And if you're watching live, you're really going to want to catch this. Yeah, make sure you stay till the end because Suns fan's going to recommend some really dope <laughs> shit. So, yeah, one of them is Suns fan recommends sit, sit tight. chair. Sit tight through the grind <laughs> of Dota first so that you can hear the Suns fan recommends All in right. the end. So, today, uh, well, technically yeah. it's yesterday, 7.31c was released my goodness gracious people were not expecting a patch potentially so we'll talk about some of the changes that you think are very important but the one that i want to mention there apparently was a two-hour period where underlord had an 85 percent win rate because his firestorm would literally kill everything yeah so supposedly what happened was firestorm is meant to do tick damage every second and for those two hours, it did tick damage every server tick. So <laughs> that is, I don't remember if Dota has 64 tick servers or 32. Let's just assume but it's it did a literal fuck ton of damage. You could die from standing in two seconds of Firestorm at any point in the game <laughs> because it's percentage-based damage. So I saw a clip earlier where a guy got a rampage on the level one fight because the enemy team just ran in, tried to kill him. He pressed firestorm and they all died. So, so my question really is good. how did 15% of the people not win with that? I have no, they probably played against Rubik. Some of them. Um, Oh, okay. And aside from that, maybe a few people picked underlord went jungle. I didn't skill firestorm. I don't know. You probably still skill firestorm in the jungle. And if it worked on creeps, <laughs> it would also be really good to jungle. Yeah. I don't know, man. <clears throat> I don't know how you could possibly lose, but okay, I've seen impressive losses in my life. So, all right, so yeah, the seven point three one C patch. Uh, obviously, the first thing on people's minds is the neutral creeps. Uh, the harpy scout was nerfed. The max mana cost per second to use the ability went up from two point five percent to four percent, and the vision during the day and night was reduced from eighteen hundred eighteen hundred, which God knows why it was that much to begin with, to 1,200-800. So that's yeah. quite the nerf in that regard. Uh, to give you an idea, 800 is the default night vision of most heroes in the game. So the Harpy, it still has flying vision, which should not be underestimated and is really powerful. Um, this is obviously a much better version of the creep. I still don't know if this will be liked in general. Obviously, people are happy with the nerf, but if the creep as a concept should be there... Hmm. Um, but with this vision range and the mana cost, it also means you can't have it permanently with Helm of the Dominator. It is going to run out of mana eventually. So, yeah, it's it's good. But I think a lot of people would have rather seen a conceptual change than this. Um, but it's it's a start. If you, d I don't think this patch was going to be meant for any conceptual changes, right? It's right before the major. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Even like deleting. I mean, you could nerf something to the point where it's basically deleted, but... Uh... Didn't really go down that road. And then the second creep, the Dark Troll Summoner with the Rally ability. I feel like we'll read the nerfs. I feel like that doesn't do that much, though. Uh, the Raise Dead cooldown increased by two seconds from 18 to 20. And the duration of the Raise Dead, so the skeletons last five seconds less. And the skeletons' armor are reduced from one to zero. So it's easier to take them out with physical damage. But the like nothing was nerfed with Rally itself. Yeah. Right? Which I find strange. Yeah, so... Okay, so... I'm a little bit on the fence here about this just because... So something I always liked about Ice Rock's ideology for rebalancing the game was to... Well, especially when it came to hero balance, was that you would nerf something the hero was 
that wasn't the hero's primary attribute or primary skill or primary skill set or primary like appeal, you would nerf something else so that it would still be powerful in its own regard and be very unique, right? So for example, if a spell on a hero was considered overpowered, a lot of the time you would nerf its stat gains or uh, move speed or armor or something else so that it was still fun to play with that strong spell or that strong like timing or whatever, but other things were weaker. So you had like an Achilles heel for every hero. The reason I say that for the Dark Troll Summoner is that that's kind of what's happening here, right? I think everybody was expecting a nerf to rally, but instead, I mean, it's technically a slight nerf that the cooldown's higher and the duration is lower, right? But the damage is not changed. Hmm. I think most people are expecting rally to either be totally changed or go from three to two damage or something. Um, this is, let's say mathematically, this is about a 15% nerf, I think. Two second longer cooldown, five second less duration. Maybe 20%? Sure, you do the math. Good. Uh, and then the, the minus one armor on skeletons is like... I guess it helps creep waves kill them a bit. It's like, it's largely irrelevant for heroes, I think. Most heroes just kill the skeletons with one nuke, right? Just wipe out the wave. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good that it's nerfed. It's good that it's recognized and addressed, so I'm happy with that. Uh, yeah. Let's see how this works out at the major, because this creep will still be played, for sure. Very much so. Okay, so we're not going to go through the whole patch, obviously, so let's just pick and choose what we want. I want to talk about something that we memed about a lot, which is Wraith Pact, the upgraded Vlads. Uh, Vlads yeah. itself is 150 less for the recipe, and Wraith Pact matches the aura now. <laughs> so back to 1,200 where it should be. I think that was just and no oversight, they kinda, honestly. They buffed the numbers in general for Wraith Pact slightly across the board. So do you think that this... Uh, item is worth the upgrade now yeah i do okay i do i think it's going to be part of the major um okay i think one of the primary problems was the radius was just too small right like every aura more or less in the game is 1200 and for some reason wraith pact was 900 uh when vlad's is 1200 right um yeah i and then you not only did you buff the aura but you buffed the damage reduction you buffed the dps you buffed the bonus lifesteal of wraith pact itself you buffed the monitor like it's just a much better item and it's cheaper so i think it's less that i definitely it, think this will be bought i think it was less that it was 900 aoe and more that it made vlad's 900 aoe right if it was just yeah, its own exactly. item by itself and being 900 aoe people mm -hmm. wouldn't have complained as much but that's weird that you downgrade the item essentially yeah it was just an oversight. I'm going to write it off as that. It seemed weird, but who knows? You could have had two separate auras, right? You could have had a defensive aura of 1,200 and then an offensive aura of 900 if you wanted it that way. Yeah, but true. All right, anyway. pick and choose. What do you want to see? Oh, I got another one. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Not to interject, Senator. Bloodseeker, Blood Mist. Okay. Listen to so Blood Mist was the worst AGs in the game possibly ever. Mm -hmm. Although we can debate yep. on that one, but definitely in the game as of last patch. Uh, now the shard, they say shard, it's the ags. The self damage is now magical instead of pure, which we'll talk about that in a mm -hmm. second. The shard, I keep saying shard, the ags damage to enemies increased from 5% to 7% to compensate for not being pure anymore. And the cooldown was reduced from four to three seconds, which means that's how long you have. Uh, or that's the duration you have to use it at minimum before you can turn it off. The oh, reason, so 
Yes. Sorry, I just have to interject because the shard damage to enemies increased from 5% to 7% is not to compensate for it being magical instead of pure. It was always magical to enemies and pure to yourself. So this is just a flat out damage increase. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It's much, much, much better. And you keep, you don't read it. It's, it's not a shard, despite what they wrote in the patch. It's a, the Aghanim Scepter. Let's be very clear. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear as well, Shannon. If this yes. were the shard last patch, people would still not have bought it. True. <laughs> so this is much better, though, Cinderin, because yeah, you can buy magic resist on yourself. I actually tested it with Eternal Shroud. Mm-hmm. If you're hitting one hero, you're gaining more HP than you're losing. That has to make it decent. Depending, like obviously the build is like you're going tanky. It's like you're not doing right click at all. But the like if you look at it in a vacuum, the ags cannot be considered that bad anymore. Do you I agree think or potentially disagree? Potentially, this is overpowered. Oh, actually. okay, good. There's a couple of things in this patch where things got buffed multiple times or nerfed multiple times. We'll get to some of the nerfs later where I think they might have gone a little bit overboard. Um, I, I welcome it if this is a bit too strong because it's been super awful. So let's see how good this is, right? Like when something is that bad, it generally warrants multiple buffs, but these are really major at the same time. Also because of the, like you said, the options you have of building the hero differently. Um, I think Bloodseeker offlane with something like Hood Ags or Shroud Ags could be very interesting. Um, maybe the buildup is too long though. Like maybe I'm overestimating this because it is kind of expensive to get it, right? Um, yeah since it's an axe, but it's interesting. Okay, now choose. What would you like? Okay, let's, based on what I just said, let's look at, okay, let's look at just some of the key heroes of the patch, right? Death Prophet, Exorcism now does 50% damage to buildings. Um, this was technically a bug because of the, or I don't know if you want to call it a bug, but it was just a consequence of the change to damage types that we had in 731, uh, where Undying Tombstone started dealing shitloads of damage to heroes. And Death Prophet started doing shitloads of damage to towers with ult. Shadow Shaman is doing loads of damage to Roche, which is still the case. Uh, but now Exo gets nerfed. Like Part of the reason Death Prophet was so extremely powerful was that she started being able to solo towers level 6 uh, from full HP. So um, this is basically a fix. I think this damage number is perhaps too big of a nerf. If I'm not mistaken, this will actually make Exorcism do less damage to towers than it did before 731. Um... But maybe I'm wrong on that, and I've just I remember it incorrectly. But definitely warranted. Um, that's the main nerf for that hero. Ench can now only dominate creeps level four, five, six, six. This was one of her absolutely primary appeals over Chen was that she could take any creep on level one. She can't do that anymore. Uh, uh, the, the troll creep. What level is that? Is that five or is that six? It's six. Wow. Troll is six. Big Seder is six. I think Centaur is. Five. He's definitely lower than six because I, I eat it level two devour every game with Doom. Yeah, I think that one's five. Uh, anyway, the main point is Inch can't take the big creeps, and that's a huge nerf. Mm. Um, then we have Caudal was one of the favorite heroes. Minus 10 move speed. Chakra gives less mana. Blinding light, less knockback. So triple nerf. Uh, probably warranted, though. The hero is extremely powerful. Uh, Necrophos got multiple nerfs. I don't know if he needed this much, to be honest. Uh, not going to read them out. They're not too important, but he got multiple nerfs. And then we have everyone's favorite love-hate or just hate-hate relationship, Primal Beast. Yeah. Got absolutely fucking annihilated in this patch. Holy shit. All right. So first of all, 
unless you're one of the very small minority in Dota that are deaf players, uh, this hero has received a major nerf. Onslaught can be heard through Fog of War. So when you activate the charge on Primal Beast now, it's like when Monkey King uses Primal Spring. Hmm. You can tell it's coming, so you have time to react. So you can pre-BKB, you can blink out, you can force staff, you can start moving, you can prepare to juke, everything. This is enormous. Just this in itself is a huge nerf to the hero, this one line. But well, that's just the start of it, because uproar damage has been nerfed on all levels, move speed slow has been nerfed on all levels, damage threshold has been nerfed on all levels, trample does way less damage, especially level 1, its damage is about halved, its attack damage percentage is nerfed as well, but... The shard has been buffed 25. to do another 25 <laughs> damage on the shard that nobody buys because you can't hit it, and it's terrible. Yeah. Um, and his level 20 talent with trample attack bonus has been nerfed as well. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Shannon, and say, in my memory of this game, I think this is the single biggest nerf a hero has ever got in a patch. No way. I think so. No way. Who got nerfed more in a patch than I this? I can't think of it now, but there's no way. There's got to be. A I think this. Heroes. I think this is an absolutely fucking insane nerf. Like we're talking ten percent win rate loss. That's fine. But there's been That's bigger. There's been bigger win rate loss than that from a hero getting nerfed. For sure. This is insane, though. It's this super quite large. Yeah. Okay, so I think a lot of people are going to welcome this, right? Primal Beast was broken, and there's no like, there's no hiding that. In, in high level MMR, people were always like, tons of people were complaining about it. It's just annoying. So I get that you want to really nerf it. Uh, I'm a little bit worried that the hero is going to die from this without receiving some buffs in the future. Because uh, I think perhaps, like, Primal was stupidly strong in lane, and you nerfed all of that, but you didn't compensate for him later. So now he just loses his early power spike, he doesn't get one later, and he's just worse at all stages of the game. Um, which in itself isn't necessarily a problem. I just think the numbers might be a little bit too wild here, and how low they are. Uh, but most people are going to welcome it if the hero's gone, right? So I don't think many people are going to complain. You know what makes the shard um, good? What would make the shard good, sorry, is if you could cast it while you were ulting. Yeah. Which is also good. thematic. I think it would be cool in general. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, I do like see. the Pudge Dismember level 1 doing a lot more damage now. Yep, that that's is nice. true. Uh, another hero that was picked almost all the time. Pugna got some nerfs. You know I love this hero. Uh, I think it's justified, though. It gets worse to Crepify, and smaller radius on Netherward. Deserved. Uh, Sand King, one of the top offlaners, got some nerfs as well. Uh, less damage on max level Sandstorm. It's a little bit better level 1. Same level 2, and then it's worse, but the mana cost goes up on all levels except level 4. He deals less damage with the shard, and his talents are worse as well, so nerfs across the board. Um... Spectre gets half an HP region and two Agi. I think she's still going to be garbage, but she's going to be slightly <laughs> less garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's Storm. <laughs> Storm lost one armor, some mana region on his level ten talent, and damage on overload. Um, I think this is pretty meaningful. There's probably a couple of percent win rate loss. Uh -oh, um, EG's fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right before the major, huh? Uh, Sven gets multiple buffs. Tiny gets many nerfs. Uh, I think Tiny might have also potentially been over nerfed here. Um, I know, again, a lot of the community will, will love this, but I think comparing this hero to something like Primal Beast, this hero is way more countered in high-ranked Dota and in pro Dota. Um, now he is clearly worse in all aspects of carrying. 
and didn't get any compensation, basically. So uh, the carry matchups that are good against him, the core matchups that are good against him, the supports that perform the best against him are just all better. And yeah, I think the good thing here is, in particular, he needed to do less damage to towers. I think that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, either that or you needed to nerf his shard. But the shard actually didn't get nerfed, interestingly. Um, I would have thought that was a way they would go about it, but apparently not. Um, well, tree grab got nerfed. That's kind of the shard. Right, right, so yeah. But you could nerf the shard itself and keep the rest of the hero intact, right? You could, instead of letting it have the tree permanent, it could be... Yeah, I don't know, actually. Maybe that would be awkward if you would nerf that somehow. I That's like true. that the tree is permanent. Yeah. Uh, Wyvern got two buffs, and Witch Doctor got a major Maledic buff. Maybe we'll see these heroes at the major because of that. Wyvern's Arctic Burn lasts 10 seconds. 10! And Splinter Blast is faster. This is one of my favorite heroes, so I'm excited about that. Uh, and Zeus got some buffs again, but I think he's still going to suffer from some of the same problems. So, yeah. we skipped over some heroes, but I think those were like the main outliers. Um, I guess we should mention Chaos Knight, finally. Um, Less cast range on the shard of Chaos Bolt, and his critical strike no longer does bonus damage to creep heroes and Roche, which is the Roche thing in particular is really big. The CK is a lot worse at killing Roshan without that crit. Beforehand, he could almost he could like solo it. Um, what is a what is a creep hero other than Lone Druid Bear? What does that even mean anymore? Oh, uh, now you're putting me on the spot. Creep hero. What? Yeah, there's like a few units that are considered creep heroes. Uh, Warlock Golem? Brulings? Yeah, familiars? So. Archad yeah. is saying? Yeah. Okay. Sounds about right. Sounds like that is the majority of them, if not all of them. Okay, it's so those. looking at this patch right before the major, are you happy? Are you sad? Are you somewhere um, in between? So obviously, it's not really my place to judge from a pro player perspective here if they feel like they have enough time. I think it's very good that we get a patch before the major. I think the previous one would have been very stale in a way. Um, so I welcome the patch. I think they should have done it a little bit earlier if they could. Even just a few days would have made a big difference, in my opinion, for pro player preparation. But most of the contents here are good. Underlord has been hotfixed, so that's great. Or that would have been an auto ban the whole major if they couldn't have figured that out. Um, so yeah, overall, overall, I'm pretty happy with this, uh, especially the fact that they did it. I think a lot of people were expecting there to just be drought for another three weeks, uh, but getting this patch in, I feel like was necessary and should have probably been done. Like when did the last qualifier end? I want to say it's about a week ago, right? Uh, oh, uh, wait, less. when did Eastern Europe end? Eastern Europe was three recent. Days, three days ago? Three days uh, ago. Maybe? Let's see. So the last match was May 1st, so yeah. four days I think ago. the patch should have dropped instantly after that. May 2nd, it actually. Yeah, it should have dropped right after that. I mean, we're kind of close, right? It's two days later, uh, but it could have been ready uh, to, to ship right after that ended. Mm. But it's still... Uh, it's still all right, and I think the majority of this is addressing some seriously... Like, my concern at the major was that there's going to be how to say, like 10 to 20 heroes that are just too good, right? And Dota has its phases where some heroes are better than others, obviously. There's always going to be something that's considered OP or flavor of the month or, you know, slightly better or whatever. But in this patch, it felt like there were some severe outliers, right, that just needed to be toned down. And they might still be the best heroes at the major, some of them, 
but at least it won't feel as ridiculous, right? With heroes like Coddle, Death Prophet, um, Tiny as an example that might not have been as stupid, but still in some games would have looked ridiculous. Um, Sand King, you know, all of those got like a little, got taken a little bit of a knockdown. That's good. Yeah. So, all right. So that is patch 7.31C. We'll have to see how that plays out at the Stockholm Major. Uh, but yeah, yep. also glad that there was something to shake it up a bit. Okay, yep. next thing is the biggest story by far in the week. Uh, Virtus Pro, who are now known as Outsider. Is it Outsider or Outsiders? Outsiders. Uh, outsiders, uh, because the name changed since they were you know, obviously a Russian org. Uh, a player on their team named Pure drew a Z symbol on the mini okay i'm gonna be honest before we get started i had no idea what this meant mm-hmm. like when i first saw it i was can you explain because i've read a bit about it but is this something that you were aware of before it happened what it meant yeah okay so yeah. i wasn't watching the game live though i wonder what my reaction would have been right but. so he drew a z on the mini map which is very disrespectful which i'll let you talk about in a second mm-hmm. uh his teammates tipped him which we'll also get to in just a moment and there was obviously outrage because it is extremely offensive but yeah look let the let the viewers know exactly what it actually means. Because from my perspective, it's, it's pro Russia, pro war, but I'm sure there's a deeper meaning to yeah. it as well, right? It's it's basically that's the that's the short version of it. It's a it's a symbol that's meant to symbolize that you are in favor of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Like that's the short version of it. So, like people people are, for lack of better comparison, comparing it to like the a swastika, right, in support of mm. Nazi ideology. Um, so, like, in terms of magnitude, that's perhaps something like that. Not that we're supposed to compare in that way, but you get the idea. It's it's pretty fucking serious, right? Um, okay, Shannon, so I've been thinking, you know how I like to give people the benefit of the doubt? So I mapped out the potential reasons he could have done this, okay? Mm. Draw that on the minimap. Option number one, he is in favor of the Russian invasion of Ukraine and wanted to communicate that to his fans, to the audience, to his team, whatever. Mm. option number one option number two he's an edgy stupid 18 year old that was bored and drew something on the minimap option number three he completely randomly moved his mouse and it turned into a z and he was like oh shit and then to finish it off he completed the z in the bottom so it actually looked like a z option number four he wanted to start drawing every key on the keyboard and wanted to start with the bottom left of the english layout (laughs) Uh, and that was just the first one, and then his teammates told him, don't draw the entire keyboard. Yeah. This We're stopping with the first one. Uh, I don't know out of those four options which one I think is the most likely. The optimistic part of me want to say option two. Well, you didn't, so the you one... didn't say option five. Somebody else drew it. Oh, that's Physically, true, actually. Like somebody yeah, next to him. that's true. They're putting a yeah. gun to his head, and either they drew that it or true. he drew it. Draw a Z now, or we're going <laughs> to shoot. And then it wasn't perfect in the bottom, so he repaired it. So we're not gonna we don't have a clip to show you guys, but basically imagine he drew a Z and then the bottom line of the Z was two thirds drawn, and then he was like, Oh, this isn't perfect. So he completed it. And th- those kind of things actually do like matter, right? Because like if you want to try to write it off as a mistake or being edgy or whatever, the fact that you're like quote unquote perfecting it in the end just shows intent, right? Yeah. Like that's that takes the random aspect out so, of it. If it was just like, oh, I'm just scribbling on the map. Oh, shit, I drew a Z. You're not going to perfectly finish your Z then. Like, yeah, I, I clearly think, it was uh, intent, right? That's the, that is the 
not to make this sound nerdy or I don't know how to even put it not to not to make this sound less serious than it is but this is a very interesting case study on something that could have so many different possibilities why they did it but there's actually enough evidence to give the reasonable doubt on what the reasoning was right or what the motivation yeah. was which is why after all of this uh outcry on twitter on reddit and all that good stuff that they were disqualified. So I'm just going to read exactly what was written here as my thing is actually not loading the image. Can you yeah, read it? Mine isn't, mine isn't loading either. Great. It's the site that's down. That's terrific because that's every single... Wait, one of them's loading. It's just the first one. Huh. Okay. Okay, either way, they were completely disqualified by... Technically, BTS reached out to Valve... But BTS yeah. was the one to tweet it out. I'm trying to remember if Valve did it too. This was in the image that is not loading, <laughs> which is very uh, I might be able to find the tweet here. Oh, just I got it. I got it. All right, okay. finally loaded. BTS Dota Outsiders is disqualified from the DPC Eastern Europe Tour 2 regional playoffs. Mind Games, who played them, will receive a retroactive forfeit win for their match earlier today. All future matches Outsiders would have played are forfeited as well. We will share an update schedule soon. So disqualified completely. And Virtus Pro uh, reacted by terminating the contract of Pure, which I'm not going to read their mm -hmm. whole statement, but uh, they didn't say it wasn't anything like, oh, he did something wrong. You know, it wasn't really a man. My vocabulary is garbage today. It wasn't empathetic to the what happened, I guess. They weren't right. taking responsibility, really. They were more shocked that this happened. Uh, but they're terminating the contract, obviously, to try to shift blame away from the other players on the team because the whole team was disqualified. And then following right. that, DM, who's also on the team, wrote on Twitter, Dear Valve, on behalf of myself and my teammates, I would like to kindly ask you to reconsider your recent decision on our disqualification from the DPC tournament. Please let us compete and prove being one of the strongest teams in... Eastern European region in front of our fans from all over the globe with honor, honesty, and dignity. Don't ruin our careers just because of some stupid random action by an 18 year old boy. We just want to do the only thing we love in this life. Play Dota. Now keep in mind when it was drawn DM and others tipped pure. So this is right. why it's an interesting case study because you can look and say this was obviously on purpose. They knew what they were doing. Now, I don't think that's even under discussion, really, unless you want to interject. But the, um, the other interesting thing, and not to interject okay. here, is the punishment being quite severe. I don't know if we've seen this before. Have we? Uh, we've seen individual we've had... players... Yeah, but not exactly. entire teams disqualified, right? Right, and I think the general thing is if players have said or done anything like that clearly crosses a line, it's generally the org that they play for that punishes them internally, and then they make like an official apology, right? There's a couple of things that makes this different, though. So first of all, there was a video that they made shortly after with pure apologizing, right? But it didn't really feel like an apology. It was the classic, I'm sorry if you guys were offended. Yeah. Not, I realized what I did was fucking terrible and I don't support the war. And I just want there to be peace. There was nothing like that. It was just, I'm sorry if I offended anyone. 
then the VP themselves, who obviously have part part ownership of this team, is very high up in Russian politics. So, you know, it's one of the oligarchs, I think, that has a lot of money invested in VP. Uh, when they make their statement, they don't distance themselves from the war either. Um, not really, at least. It's kind of like, you know, it's just... It's like, if you if you really thought that, it would be very easy to say, right? So it feels like... Well, that's the Again, other thing I'm is kinda... the, the players were given the benefit of the doubt to some degree before this because they're given the chance to play just without the org name. Mm-hmm. So they should right. know and they do know the severity of it. And again, like we're not expecting people aren't expecting them to support the Ukraine war publicly because maybe they're under pressure to not do that. Like that's understandable. Right. But that's not what like this is the comp- this is the other end of the spectrum where you're right. clearly right. aligning with something that everybody else is against. Right. There's a difference between not publicly standing up for and saying we don't support the war because you're under pressure by local politics or by your employment situation where it affects your livelihood and you can't make official statements like that, even if you wanted to. That's like, you know, you can kind of cut them some slack on that and understand it if this is what they're making a living from. Um, Some people are very purist in this attitude and are just like, no matter what, you should make this public statement. If it gets you fired from your team or your life is threatened, you should do it anyway because it's the right thing to do. I think a lot of the time people saying that don't understand or empathize with the situation people are in. And if it were them, they would not do what they're claiming, right? That's just my two cents. Um, Yep, I agree. But yeah, when it comes to the drawing itself, I don't know what you're going to chalk it up to. I think it was just an edgy, stupid drawing. I don't... I at least I want to believe this guy isn't pro war, right? He maybe he is. Uh and that was just I mean, I don't know. The part, the thing is either way it's fucking dumb, right? So well, either he's for the war, which is fucking terrible and he should be banned from the from playing. I think or he's just being super edgy, but the symbolism is too powerful and too important that that's just not something you mess around with, right? So like Right. But intent is still there regardless of whether they actually believe it or not. That's my point. It was point, definitely right? an intentional drawing, which is the main thing, right? Like writing it off as a mistake or whatever. So basically they drew this Z, right? And then I'm going to say, from my perspective, teammates tipping him or whatever, to me that doesn't necessarily mean support of the message, okay? I think it's like you can also tip people when they're a clown or do something fucking stupid, right? It's like, a, it's like a gut reaction for these Dota players. Honestly, I think it's almost a tick at some point. Something stupid happens in the game. Someone makes a dumb mistake. Someone says something dumb. You just tip them. They do this all day, every day, right? Mm. When they're Whether it's their teammates or their enemies or whatever in their games. So I'm going to cut a little bit of slack to the teammates that tipped him and say this doesn't mean that they were laughing their asses off that he drew a Z or whatever. They might just be like, you fucking dumbass or something. Like, maybe. Maybe they also thought it was hilarious, which, again, is just terrible. So, you know, that it's just insensitive, and they don't really understand so, the okay. gravity of what's Having said that, then, do you agree that the entire team should have been forfeited? Um, I think the—I don't know. I'm not going to say that this is an easy case, because I think it's like— Again, the symbolism in this is pretty powerful. I think banning the team sends a really strong message or disqualifying the entire team. Uh, you could have argued for disqualifying Pure and not letting him play, and then VP have to play with a stand-in for the rest of the tournament. I think that's what they were hoping for with their, you know, the message that DM sent out. Yeah. But I, I think the thing that really rubbed the community, Valve and BTS, probably the wrong way here is the, the lack of empathy, right? That just that nobody really seemed to... Be apologetic about what happened they were just sad they didn't get to play mm-hmm. like the 
none of the messages really carried the meaning of, okay, we understand this is really fucking serious. We don't joke around with it. We're sorry. Uh, we know this was a big mistake and we don't want any war or whatever. Uh, again, players' hands are probably tied to an extent here pol politically. But no matter how tight they were, there were there was a better way of going about this. Okay, like that's 100%. just for sure. You could have done a better better job at you know at least acknowledging the gravity of the situation better and not just being like, oh, we're sorry because it happened to us rather than we're sorry. So, um, well, the good news yeah. for them, as I think we can transition now to the actual Eastern European DPC results. The point in which they got disqualified, they'd already qualified to at least stay in Division One. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna actually put this graphic on up top here. There we go, so everybody can see. Don't want to cover that Manscaped logo. Very important. So as we can see, uh, we talked about how Team Spirit had lost in that first round, and remember, it's the first, it's the top three that go to the major. So uh, Bet Boom Team ends up getting first. Yep. Team Spirit cleans up in the lower bracket to get second. And then the third place uh, tiebreaker, not tiebreaker, the third place Decider. consolidation or whatever is Mind Games, who yep. originally had lost to Outsiders, but then got that forfeit win uh, because of what we had just talked about. So those yep. are the three teams that are going to the major for the Eastern European Division. But Hellraisers are in Division 2. That's kind of the thing that we thought probably would happen in our last episode and which is, puck champ and puck champ which is kind of a bigger deal because they destroyed last season and this is just it's almost criminal that it turned out this way like the bracket system the format with such short time like obviously we recapped it last week so you can get our inside details <laughs> inside our more, more expanded details on what we thought but this is almost criminal that two of these teams that are likely way better than most of the Division Two, if not all of them, they're forced to play their next season. That sucks balls. TLDR for me, the best solution here is to relegate zero teams and have a 10-team Division One next season with four relegations. That's just the simplest way of doing it and the fairest way. When you don't get to play the league, don't relegate teams. That's my opinion. And so. I don't know, again, we don't know we if this is Valve in. making this call or if it's bts but whoever did this is a very large error in my opinion and a lot of these teams are not going to have a chance to qualify for ti as a result uh, i guess what we should mention obviously a lot of people would have had zero expectations for the bet boom team to get to the major like the favorites were spirit maybe navi uh you know as two of the big ones obviously and outsiders if they hadn't done their dumb shit um Bet Boom is Dahak, Laurel, Noticed, Force Major, and Soneko. And they just won out. They lost, well, they won two series two to one, but they stayed up a bracket the whole way. So they were like the number one qualifying team. Um, very surprising, I think, to a lot of people. It's going to be interesting to see them play at the major. They had a very different style. Like they played Dahak on these like unconventional, uh, unconventional carries like Nature's Prophet carry, Visage. Um, those are like the two standout ones that other teams don't play. But he also played like more standard carries like Terrorblade. So pretty cool stuff. Um, curious to see how they perform. 
And obviously Spirit getting there in the end, not too big of a surprise, right? So a little bit of a scare when they lost their first series to Bet Boom, but after that they didn't lose a game. So Yep. Uh yeah. Curious, curious how that plays out. And obviously, uh for Bet Boom's players, both Dahak and Soneko have quite a lot of international experience. I think for the other three it's their first major, for sure. Maybe it's their first international LAN even. So that's very exciting uh, to see some new Russian players go to LAN. So? As long as the teams get to go. Because I, I don't know if there's still some sort of up in the air about this with acquiring Visa, you know, Russian mm. players. It might be trickier. That's true. It is uh, kind of last minute, the geopolitical right? situation. Because yeah. they did this way later than the rest of the season. So, well, not way yeah. later, but not much can be done. We'll see. Fingers crossed that all the players get to go and can play. Unfortunately, as a segue to that, Shannon. Yes. China is not coming. Okay. All of the Chinese teams are out. So can I ask you a question? This is going to sound stupid. Maybe mm-hmm. I've been out of the loop. Was this officially announced? Uh, I don't remember there being like a direct official announcement from the because Dota I, 2. I checked Liquipedia page, but... and it shows a bunch of them out, but I don't remember an mm-hmm. announcement officially. I don't think there's been an official announcement from Valve or from the major itself, but it's like common knowledge at this point it sounds like that the chinese teams are not coming yeah so i have the image on the screen now so these are the teams that will be going and obviously all four chinese teams will not be which again not a big surprise we've been talking about this for a couple months now as being a strong possibility that's not going to happen because of the covid restrictions uh whether that's going to be you know replaced with the regional we expect some sort of regional china bracket like maybe just these four teams play each other a bunch of times to see who gets the dpc points on a lower degree, kind of similar to the regional finals from DPC season one. As you look very, very concentrated on. Yeah, I'm trying something. to find it because I think it might actually have been announced. Let me see. I found the post now. Okay, so well, uh, why, while you find it, the official teams for the people that are listening only and not watching OG, Gaiman Gladiators, Team Liquid, Tundra, Bet Boom Team, Team Spirit, Mind Games, Fnatic, Boom Esports, T1, EG, TSM, Thunder Awaken, and Beast Coast. So that is 14 teams, Cinderin. Yep. Supposed to be 18. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to be replaced, or do they just make a format around? So what I there's a couple of options, right? First of all, by the way, the Chinese teams, just to finish off on that, apparently Perfect World made an official announcement that the Chinese teams are not going. Okay. Uh, I don't know why that one has not... I, I was just checking the blog post that Dota 2 posted. Didn't say anything about it there. It said that the it, it said what Eastern European teams made it, but not that China wasn't coming. So, um, Okay, sorry. The, so 14 there is, teams. There is a regional final then. DP. So in their tweet, yeah. it says, the DPC China Tour, Tour 2 regional final will be played from May 6th to 8th for the upcoming Stockholm Major 2022. Yeah. Though China teams will not be traveling to Sweden, you can still catch them battling it out in the elimination bracket next month in all the usual places. Yep. So they don't so really they're go playing into locally specifics. for points. They don't even mention COVID. It's kind of strange, but I guess it's obvious. Yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to set up the uh, points either. That's one of the biggest questions here is how do you assign DPC points for a team that isn't at the major Uh like a team like PSG LGD, which was a very likely favorite to get top three, how many points can they get out of the China regionals where it's fair? You also mm-hmm. don't want to give the region too many points, quote unquote, for free, right? So uh, tricky situation. I'm curious what they end up doing. 
Uh, as far as 14 teams, I guess you do two groups of seven, right? Instead of two groups of nine. And in the old format, you had the bottom, what was it? Was it the bottom two in each group that didn't progress? Or was it more? Maybe it was bottom three, actually. That didn't progress into playoffs. Um, now, you either have very few teams not go into playoffs, or all of them do. Um, wait, if it was bottom three before, then it should be the bottom team now, right? So you have 12 teams. That's how you should do it. So I think you do two groups of seven. Seventh team is eliminated, and then the top six go to the playoffs. And the playoff stage is three days. So I don't, or rather the event stage where we have a crowd is 20 to 22nd. I don't think you can play out a 12-team double elim in that time. So I think some teams will not play on stage. Hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, we'll, we'll have to see. I'm I think sure there will be will an announcement stage. soon, <clears throat> I would hope. Yes. Uh, but maybe not, yep. actually. <laughs> we, there's been a lot of disorganization lately, but oh uh, yeah, we'll see. Okay, we'll see. moving on. Uh, Four Zoomers is now officially sponsored, and in fact, their name has been changed to Nouns Dota 2, yep. Nouns Esports. We, As in the type of word, yes. Nouns. Uh, I really don't know anything about the sponsor other than that it's, is, is it crypto or NFT or something? It's NFT based. I looked at it a little bit last night. Apparently right. they post, they post some, I think they make, they post a new noun as an NFT every day or something. And that's where the name comes from. So it sounds like it's very exclusivity based where they do one of each or something like that a day. Um, okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I could gather. Okay. That's uh, random, but congratulations to the four zoomer boys, because this is yet another, I mean, hopefully it's a good sponsor who can't speak to what they're actually being. Hopefully they're not being paid in NFT because <laughs> that might not be too profitable. But They're being paid in nouns. <laughs> that's even worse. But Today you're being paid one banana. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow it's a car. Never know. I, know. I will be sad not being able to say four Zoomers in a cast and it says nouns. It doesn't really, sound, doesn't really roll off the tongue too well. But yet another sponsor team in NA. So again, from the bottom, like four teams, let's call them. That's now four Zoomers, a.k.a. Nouns, and Wildcard. Then you obviously have EG. Then Undying became TSM. Quincy Crew, still nothing. Again, we don't know like how much this sponsorship is. But... I also don't know how, like, what's the connection here? Like, why is Nouns sponsoring a Dota team? Couldn't tell you. Like, my ignorance here is definitely shining through, right? But, like, if this is some sort of NFT, um, I, I don't want to say marketplace or whatever, just a, a series of NFTs or whatever, why sponsor a Dota team? Do they have other esports teams? And if they do, in what games? And if they don't, why do you pick Dota and why did you pick four Zoomers in an A? I, I wonder if there's, like, something about... I know they're trying to reach an A market or something. To my very limited knowledge, because I haven't even asked him about this, I know there's a connection with Brax that maybe he introduced them, maybe he just had a contact, okay. something like that. I don't Got know it. any specifics. That's about it. Uh, but either way, okay. like, I don't honestly. I know some people are like iffy on this NFT thing. I mean, I I don't know anything about it as we've talked about many a time. I don't give a shit what the sponsor. I'm just happy that the players are sponsored, right? So. Congrats to That's them. That's a quite radical take, Shannon. Uh, maybe, eh. 
What if they were sponsored by? There's okay. There's exceptions. Know. Sure. If, <laughs> if, I don't if, need to specify. If there's an organization cool. that hurt animals, I would be against them. Humans, yeah. on the other t- on the other hand, not so much because it depends on the humans. And animals are always innocent. Okay, they're always innocent little children to me. I tell that to uh, my dog. <laughs> Is he always innocent? Huh? Now tell Onion yeah. to shut his fucking mouth. Just kidding. I love there him. There we go. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about this on the podcast sometimes in the past. It's quite many weeks ago by now. But like when it comes to NFTs, it sounds like both of us, none of us is like really into the space or personally invested whatsoever. But I think we can both see, we can definitely see the appeal for people, right? And we can see some of the potential, but we don't know if it's going to be realized or, and the problem with it a lot is even if the potential is there and people agree that it's there, there's just as many, you know, bad actors in the space that are just trying to, you know, like reap the rewards off of misleading people and just technically just scamming, right? Yeah. Um, that's the concern with the technology is that it's very exploitable in its current form. But if it gets regulated better, there's no saying that NFTs as a system can't, you know, can't be can't be useful or can't be valuable to people and can't be, you know, a good thing. Um but right now, with the pros and cons, a lot of people are really negative about it because it feels like, to them, the cons massively outweigh the pros. Um, and I can definitely see that being a problem right so now. I, but, you I, know, maybe with better regulations. I don't want to make this a whole topic, but my my take on sponsor And you and I are very picky on sponsorships for our podcast. Uh, we've had mm-hmm. a bunch of people come to us that we weren't interested. Doesn't really... I mean, if they paid us a million dollars, I'll sell out to pretty much anybody. I, I will admit that fully. Maybe not you probably you too a million dollars is a lot of money but we're in a position where we're kind of just doing this for fun obviously the community is helping us with the patreon and if there's a couple sponsors that we like such as you know sap in the past manscaped all these other guys that we've worked with then that's great that's a little extra money that's perfect but could we make more get getting other sponsors that we don't particularly agree with yes but we don't yes but the difference is when you're a tier two Dota player, you don't have any choices. So that's why I say it doesn't matter. Take the that's money. That's incorrect, Shannon. You could not play in an A. What does that mean? Then you have more choices. Oh, you mean don't live in NA? Yeah, or you can, that. You can live somewhere where the money on tier two, like the tier two DPC, actually is enough to potentially. Well, live. that's enough is a big word. Yes. But more than nothing. Right. Okay. Excellent. Uh, all right. Last topic before we get to the speaking much of shitty salaries, diaper man. <laughs> so this is kind of weird that I'm doing this, but Slacks made a video. Okay, let me just give you the full picture here, guys. Slacks asked me to voice something in an upcoming video, like six weeks ago. Okay. I was traveling at the time, so usually I'm really bad at like answering or even remembering somebody messaged me when I'm traveling because of the whole jet lag shit. So I forgot about it. He reminded me a couple times, but I didn't realize he had sent me a script on what to read. So he poked me the other day and I'm like, oh, I can do it. He's like, it's too late. So he's, he's mad at me. Okay, but this is not why I'm shouting his content out right now. I am, because he does, he's done that to me a million times. Like the one time that I disappoint him he's disappointed me tenfold okay but this video he made 
which is also, I want to piggyback off that into a, a separate topic almost. This is one of the most creative and fucking cool content pieces I have ever seen ever in my entire fucking life. I will link it in the YouTube description. It is called Diaper Man. It is a, you know how he made that Arkosh song with, he actually contacted somebody to do the, it's like a, I don't know what to call it, a metal sounding, like screamo almost. Yep. Uh, so he used, I believe, the same guy and made a music video guide to acts. It is so fucking cool. That is, it, it, I can't even imagine how much time this took. It's fucking SFM requires like full lyrics. It, and the lyrics make sense for what, you know, he's telling people to buy and all that stuff. It is such a cool video. And this is where I'm going to take it. Passion projects like this never work. And I am, I know that I haven't talked to him. This thing has like 20,000 views right now, maybe 30,000. That's nothing mm-hmm. on YouTube. I've done a bunch of videos where it takes me so long. And I'm really happy with the product. They get no views. YouTube fucking blows ass. Okay. The algorithm isn't showing a lot of people this video, so they're not watching it. But I will tell you now, I'm not, obviously me saying this on the podcast isn't really going to increase the views that much. But I'm telling you, this is one of the best content pieces you will ever watch. It's so fucking good. Uh, so kudos to Slacks because usually his content is absolute garbage. Uh, but well done, sir. Did you? Get I to- knew there was a backhand <laughs> in there somewhere. Did you get to watch this? <laughs> I did. It's great. I really loved this. I watched it the moment I saw it. And yeah, like you said, it's it's very creative. It's really funny, and the music actually slaps. So which. I mean, that's obviously always going to be subjective, right? But a yeah. lot of the time when people make songs about Dota, like when you were singing, it's kind of cringe, you know, pretty bad. <laughs> uh, this one's great. Yeah, so. understood, understood. Yeah, the, Actually, your song was really good, too. The music to portion is always subjective. Like, I, you know, I can attest. I have different taste in music than most people, it seems, because I'm a boomer. But regardless, you can see how much effort was put into it, how high, it's a very high production value. Uh, so yeah, I'll put the link in the description so you guys can check it out. It's uh, quite good. Hyperman. Okay, on to the final two. There's two. Suns fan recommends Cinderin. Oh, I can't wait for this. I've been waiting the whole episode for this. So the first one, I maybe I've talked about this, but my entire chat and you don't remember me talking about it. So apparently, I need to discuss it. I recommend my chair. Okay. I'm going to get up so you can see it. A lot of people have this chair, so it's not like that unique. Let me just get up here. Ah. Isn't it beautiful? Oh, very pretty. So this is a Herman Miller chair. Oh, it is a Herman Miller. Okay. Yeah, it's an it's the Aeron. So I've never Can actually... I sponsor a podcast. I actually want a chair from Herman Miller. I I don't I wouldn't say I have back issues, but if I sit too long, you know, my back might hurt a little bit. Uh, I spent a lot of money. <laughs> that's why maybe that's why I didn't want to bring it because it's embarrassing how much money was spent on this in this chair. But if I'm sitting for literally 12 hours a day, it's just like my bed. I think those are two really good investments because you're in them for, sure. for such a long period. This was fifteen hundred dollars. I don't think I've spent more than. 150 on a chair before like every chair like you know these no like you know the gaming chairs it's 
they're always sent for free. Like I got a ton for the, when I own the team for the podcast, for everything. So $1,500 that for me, maybe I'm stingy that for me, that's a lot. <laughs> that's like, it's a lot for a chair. Like, unless you get like architect drawn. Yeah. Like chairs for your living room or something just for like an office chair. It's very high end, but from what I've heard, it's worth it. So one of the best purchases I've ever made in my entire life. It is so fuck. Okay. There's one negative. Let me just get that out of the way. It does not come with a headrest. So I actually had to buy one that fits onto this chair, which breaks the warranty. Don't tell anybody uh, that fits on top of the chair that they, they make it basically for Herman Miller chair. So it's not that hard to find. This thing is so comfortable. I didn't even have to like change anything. There's so much custom custom ability to it. I didn't have to do shit. My back never hurts. I can sit in it all day. I don't need to adjust. It's God tier. Fucking God tier. I would spend money on this again. And it comes with like a 10-year warranty assumption. It sounds like a sponsor here, but it's that good that I, I can sell them out. So that's my first recommend, Cinder. You should get one. I have thought about it. I prom I promise you. Well, yeah. you should go try it out. Like we had to go yeah. somewhere to try it out. It like there's only one location in all of Phoenix. And yeah. Walking in, so it's very thing, pretentious. Right? Like everything is like overpriced and like, my God, what am I looking at? But it's good. Because mm-hmm. I, ha- I have thought about it, right? And I in Denmark, there's I think there's two showrooms in Denmark and both of them are pretty far away from where I live. So I haven't gone. But they do have a showroom in Stockholm. And I have thought about going there when we were covering the major. Um, yeah, do it. The regional finals or whatever. But maybe I can go there now that we cover the major itself. Uh, especially since... COVID restrictions and everything are lifted now, right? So we're going out and doing things again, which is wonderful. Um, it shouldn't be too big of an issue. So it's just about setting it up for me and remembering. That's right. But yeah, I do want to try. Good job. Or you could just uh, send me your chair. Then I can try that one and send it back. Nope. No, thanks. All oh, right. And then yeah. the final Suns fan recommends for today. I recommend a new movie. I forgot to mention it last week. Unbelievable. Shocker. This movie, I didn't know anything okay, about. Okay, can I guess yeah if you want can i guess it is uh hang on i just need to look up what it's called okay i think you're gonna get it now the fact that you can't remember the name okay oh i was right actually everything everywhere all at once that's right (laughs) this movie has a 91 percent audience score and a 97 percent tomato meter one of the best movies i have ever fucking seen ever this I need to watch it again. I've only seen it once, and you know how I love rewatching movies. This already is a top ten movie, like just on view number one. Uh, I'm not going to give right. anything away. Like the the trailer doesn't really give that much away. It's really crazy. It's about multiple universes and being able to access them. It is so well done. It's hilarious as well. So like it drags a little bit for me in like the latter quarter. Let's say it's pretty long, but it is an S-tier fucking movie, extremely fucking good. I would say for me, this and Dune are probably the two best movies in the last couple years for me. Very good. Totally different Correct movies, me obviously. If I'm wrong as well. I'm not really I'm not really big on actors and like knowing the names or knowing the faces of them that much, but just looking over the cast for this, this seems like this is primarily not huge names, right? Like yeah, that's the true. cast for this movie doesn't use any. Like again, is there any one of these actors in this movie that are like starring in 
the biggest titles or whatever. No one here seems familiar for me. So Jamie Lee Curtis is probably the most famous. Uh, right. Actually, that's true. That's someone I've. She's that's a, a name I've seen before. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is Nikki's one of her favorite actresses. She's in a bunch of stuff, but I wouldn't say she's like a household name. Like Jamie Lee Curtis is, you know, used to be a huge star, and then James yeah, okay. Hong is very recognizable. Uh, but yeah, overall, I agree. It's not like the biggest name cat. It's it's not a star-studded roster, but it's a really good movie. That and that's that's cool, you know. That it's not always the same actors. I think that also does something. Yeah, for the movies. So I I'm not gonna make this a weekly thing, but you should see this movie. It is mm-hmm. extremely unique, very well done, very well acted, very well executed. Uh, I think most people would love this movie. Unless you're like really why, old and you don't Why don't we anything. watch this live at the major as part of our podcast? I'm sure that'll go over great. I mean, I don't think we'll have any issues with that. No copyright issues? Yeah, that sounds good. No, no, no. It's fine. Sure. Yeah, no problem. It's fair use. Fair use for us to get uh, fucked in jail, maybe. <laughs> Can bend us over in jail, drop the soap, and have, wow, have their way that, with us. Okay, that went, that went uh, a little further I mean, than I expected. In America, okay. that's how they do it. Uh, they're pretty hardcore with. With the MPAA, RIAA, all that shit. Uh, so yeah, okay. not interested. But in Sweden, maybe. <laughs> I don't know how it is in Sweden. That's true. Uh, okay, so that brings us to the end of the episode. Again, we're not sure about next week uh, if it's going to be on time or if it is, it'll be with a guest episode. But uh, yeah, again, the name of the movie was Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, Cinder, and thanks for joining us this week. Until next time. You're you're welcome. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. We say things that don't mean anything. Subscribe.